Hi, this is Mark Yovanovitch of the Houston Yovanovitch team here at Compass. You are listening to The Real Talk Podcast. And we are back with another episode of The Real Talk Podcast. As always, we are here with my team, Danielle Stout, Ying, self-produced by the talk team, edited by the talk team, commercial-free. Uh, straight through, we're going to go today with my friend, industry leader, business colleague, Mark Yovanovich. Mark is a leading real estate agent in New York City. I uh, did a study, and then this is kind of like mental, but the, out of the top agents in New York City, it, and married with children, uh, you guys are actually the number one agents in Manhattan. Uh, wow. the other agents, not to discriminate. <laughs> not to discriminate. You know, Leonard doesn't have kids. You know, I know Leonard has Leonard. Yeah. Kyle Blackman, you know, best, you know, one of the best guys in the industry. Yeah. No children. Uh, but just thinking from a a family hierarchy standpoint, uh, you two are are the top Asians in New York City. Oh wow! Yeah, well, now, that, that's quite an honor. And you guys are also ranked. Uh, and not that I'm not taking away from any other Asians. Don't get me wrong. Let's not try. Don't put the cancel culture on me like, like that. <laughs> I, I guess I can put that into my signature. You? <laughs> no, how insane that would be! And let's not take away from you know like other amazing a- agents that are parents, Stacey yeah. Farlick, and you know all the other Asians with children. I'm not taking away for anything. I'm just saying I did a ranking in my in my head of okay. I know we all know these brokers, but like which ones are actually like married has a has a wife that's not in real estate, uh, and also have children. So cool. that's a little factoid awesome. for the day. We've been doing this end of the year 2023, 2022, 2021 wrap up pods uh, for the last couple of years now, and we do this every December, and we push these uh, episodes out at the end of December, just so that we uh, we can get a perspective of who you think were the winners of uh, of business, who you think are the losers of business, both in the business world and also in the real estate world. Mm-hmm. I really like to get the perspectives of uh, professionals like you guys, the top of the t- top of the leaders uh, on what they think and um, you know where the direction is going in, in 2024. So cool. we're not going to waste any time. We'll get started. Danielle, are you ready? ready. Danielle's ready. All right. So we're going to do a quick uh, first warm-up segment. We let the listeners know who you are. Uh, and uh, please answer the following sentences just in a couple words. Okay. First word is favorite social media platform of the year. Okay. That was great. Nice nice rebrand, huh? Uh, you know, the thing about it is it's just raw. I get it. Well, let's circle back to that. Favorite podcast of the year? Uh, I think All In. Yep. But Lex Fridman's pretty good. Oh, wow. And uh, I like Odd Lots a lot, too, from Bloomberg. You're an intellectual at its finest. You don't, you don't listen to Burke Kershizer or any of the uh, degenerate pods, huh? Uh, I, I don't have much time. I'm a kid. Okay. Who's your favorite all-in bestie? Uh, probably Chama. Okay. But I like I like Friedberg a lot. But I like all three of them, actually. They'll add... Okay, great. Favorite new development project of the year. And this is for listeners, new development project as well. 378 Broom. Okay. You can't, you can't go with them. You know, yeah, but, mm. I'm like, always, like, either architect's awesome. Okay, great. A favorite resale project or a uh, project that is not new development in New York City of the year? You know, I, I feel like there, there are all these buildings along, like, Park and Fifth that when you renovate them mm-hmm. these units and they become these gems these things that you just can't recreate and 
in new development. Sure. Uh, so we did a deal at, at 10 Gracie Square this year, and the proportions that are in those rooms, it's just it's, it's stunning, like 12-foot ceilings. And, you know, we have a 40-foot living room. Like, what? That's like a ballroom. But They don't build them like they used to, do they? Right. You can't recreate the Harkness Mansion. Yeah, no. It's 22-foot wide living room. Mm-hmm. It's insane. It's just that the cost per square feet to renovate those are only only a certain number of people are willing to undertake yeah. <laughs> that type of work. I thought I'll do that. That type of work. Okay. Uh, your personal highlight of the year? Uh, I would say probably making it through this year uh, okay. and being able to solve all the various problems that, that have confronted us. Sure. Favorite deal of the year? Say 378 Brew. <laughs> no, no. Uh, we, we just signed something, uh, a townhouse in Brooklyn, and uh, it's a 23 and a half footer. Oh, rare. It, it was a nice one. It's a nice couple. It, it, just, it was a feel good deal. It's 23 and a half foot sounds like a great number yeah. for townhouse, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Do you have a favorite trip of the year? Uh, yeah, we had lots of fun trips. Uh, we went to, uh, my wife planned a trip to go to Poland to see Beyonce. And we were very close. And I'm not a Beyonce fan, but I've never been to Poland. And it was pretty awesome. Yeah, and then last but not least, New York City Restaurant of the Year. I like Rizdora. Okay. Uh, it's just solid. Where is that located? It's in Gramercy. Okay, I've never been. It's what kind of food is it? It's Italian, but yeah. you should walk in, small plates. You can walk in for lunch, then you'll be amazed. Okay. The chef is off the chart. We'll make sure to link it in the show notes. I want to go back to X. You talked about your favorite Twitter platform. Yeah. Your favorite social media platform is X. It's changed a little bit, huh? The UX, the experience, yep. uh, the the recommendations versus your followers. Which do you like better? Do you scroll on the recommendation page or do you roll scroll on the I call it. I cut flip through both of them. Mm-hmm. And, and the reason is, is that you kind of want to hear what people are saying. But at the same time, it's like people are, can be raw on it. And there's it's a, it's unfiltered. Very. So the world is just nuanced. So you're going to get media from various different sources. So it's nice to get it from there. You don't take it as truth. You just take it as like, hey, that's one piece yeah. of the puzzle. And the problem is everybody these days just takes everything from one source, which is like dumb because why would you do that? You have options to listen to all these different things. You can get it from cable news. You can get it from, you know, watching I don't know, Facebook news or whatever, or Google news or Apple news or whatever. But at the same time, you could watch CNBC or you could watch you know, things like that. And then, but they're all ad platforms, right? Yes. And, you know, they're selling various things. Like, I think, what is, what do they say? The number one seller is pharmaceuticals, right? So they're never going to question anything that has to do with medical device, right? CNN's, CNN's uh, biggest payroll. And I think it's, it's, there's, I think all it said this right. Anderson Cooper's payroll is 70% uh, Pfizer. Yeah. So, and so it's like, you're never going to criticize the vaccine. right. Like, but like when Novak didn't want to take it, got kicked out of the Australian Open for it. Like, dude, he's the most like top five athletes, best physical specimens in the world. He doesn't need a vaccine. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like that. And so it, the idea that you saw the 60 minutes on Sunday, huh? Yeah. But, but he doesn't need it. You know what I mean? Like, and, and it, it was a political you, you should be able to move. Yeah. No, but the thing is, at the end of the day, like you should be able to think for yourself. Right. And it's not saying that that's the word or the gospel or anything. It's like you just take it from various different spots and then that's the way you kind of come and understand the world right the twitter landscape for me sometimes is and there's a con to this is it's too unfiltered to a standpoint where 
you don't want to hear from these people or you don't want to read the toxic words that come out of these people or you don't really want to read the comments, right? So sometimes if a user that's not savvy enough that doesn't isn't on the platform enough will read these things and might misconstrue it to be fact yeah. or misconstrue it to be uh, you know extremism, but maybe maybe that's the way they'll start thinking. It's it's kind of like a it's a flywheel of ideas that. Uh, sometimes there's two unfiltered that may not be the helpful for maybe novice users of growing brain. People that can get addicted to things, right? Or can get down rabbit holes. It's bad. But oh, so yeah. is TikTok and so is Instagram. Sure. All these things. I mean, they're they're addicted. They, they're made to be addictive, right? So, but the thing is, is like, are they there to sell you stuff? Or are they there to inform you on stuff? Is it so the idea is, is to be able to understand what they're there and what they're trying to do to you mm-hmm. and then take from it what you want. It's a little bit of a pivot, but do you are your kids on social media? No. Do you allow them? No. no. When, 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 how old would they have to be if they wanted to get on Instagram or TikTok? Uh, we we don't really think about it yeah. because going into the future, I just think that, like, and I think this is going to apply for all businesses. Is that, and that's probably I'd say the theme of this year is is the idea that there's nuance and there's like you have to go deep on things to really fully understand them. And the people that are going to suffer the most are the people that take everything on a surface level. Mm-hmm. It's like they protest all these different things because they don't really understand them on a deep level. So that, that'll that be the thing that I think when you're raising kids, you have to have them be able to say, understand things on a deeper level and then not be subjected to things that are trying to steal their attention. Sure. Like for instance, if you look at it- like, Don't your kids want to be on it because their friends are on it? No. no. Good. No. Good. No, no. Um, because the thing is, is that they, they just realize like, do you want to rather go play outside or be stuck and looking at a screen, right? Would you rather go kick a soccer ball around? Would you rather go that? Sure. Like be stuck on some screen. Sure. Good. And so that's the, that's, I think the, the way to kind of solve it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and a lot of parents too, it's like harder, but like the idea of keeping your kids like sedated, mm-hmm. it's easier. Yeah. Right. Then like, okay, you got to go work. Making make them go run around. Yeah. My wife's really good at like making sure that they practice classical guitar and that they, you know, no, she has them at ballroom dancing and you know, like all these things. And good. So, but that ends up like making it so that their brains are functioning and growing versus like being subjected to whatever the advertiser for. But that's right. Weans are like the easiest thing to, to market to. Would you let them have the compass app? Oh, the funny thing is, is I think my wife's addicted to it because she has like, we have, I don't know, like 30 collections set up in various different things. And so from its entry homes to craftsmen to like various different things, Connecticut homes, New Jersey homes, like, oh my gosh. And it's just kind of like, hey, this one's fun. This is fun. And we get ideas from it. Right. Mm. So I think like, you know, maybe if they ever want to get all things right. about that. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. I go back to your podcast. What do you have a favorite Lex Friedman uh, podcast that has a recent? Uh, I thought the Elon one was really good. Yeah. Um, like he really went deep on that. Um, did you know that he has to get a fishing license? You know, he, he talked about that, the fish license. Oh yeah. The fish. That was, that was hilarious. Like, <laughs> I mean, which is bananas just for the headphones on yeah. the seal. Yeah. Like, so I thought that was good. Um, because the idea of like when you get someone for that amount of time like, filtered, like that person's time is time is the most important thing, right? That's right. Yeah. Thank you for spending time with me here. Yeah, of course. This, yeah. this is a this, yeah, this is yeah. it's a gem. Yeah, no, I I like that one, and I also um he he had one recently where uh you know he he went down the the 
the, the rabbit hole. I can't remember the gentleman's name, but he was the evolutionary chemist or whatever. Oh yeah. And, and the idea of like three hours unfiltered on something like that, that one was too complicated for me to understand. Yeah. But, but the thing is, is like, we're on the cusp of all that with CRISPR and all these other mm-hmm. things. Like not that we should be thinking about that, but that'll be our reality. Right. So if you want to extend your life for how you want to think about like bionic stuff or like Rayman and their glasses, right. With the lenses, like the, ne- the next future is really cool, but th- that's the future. Right. Yeah. And it's going to be upon us very quickly. Like if you told me when I was 22 years old that the coolest kids in the world would be having pictures of themselves everywhere, like posting this saying, oh my God, look at how great I am. I'd be like, you're out of your freaking mind. <laughs> but that's what they do on those phones, right? It's yeah. And to me, I think it's crazy, but you know, why would you want to tell everybody where you are? But that said, that's the way the world changes. Yeah. So I think so we have to be used to like, hey, look, if that's the way the world's going to go, you got to at least know what's happening versus like, and then make, don't deny it. I don't like, deny, it. deny that you got to own it man. somehow, right? Yep. So cool. doesn't mean you have to like be absorbed by it, but you actually should know at least and be able to make like ethical decisions. No, that's right. Especially like AI and things like that. We have a whole episode of that coming up, but yeah, that's, uh, that's true. The, the, the evolution of technology has gotten so much faster and people just have to adapt to it, not deny it. Yeah. Well, the other thing too, is like, you think about it, right? Like Elon and his thing going to Mars, right? And send humans there. He's going to send robots there that are trained by people driving Tesla cars. Mm -hmm. Like if you've had 15 years of being able to study what humans do, how they drive, how they react to everything, dude, like, of course you can send a robot to Mars to figure out if we can live there, if we want to live there, if we're in place, shitties or whatever. And they'll like, that's the type of stuff that you have to think about that. That's the way the future is going to go. It's just rather than watching some cats on a freaking social media forum (laughs) and then. So I don't know that that's that's the reason I, I I think like we need to have the time and take a deep dive on something mm-hmm. and really kind of understand it then then that enables you to be able to function in the society a little better than then we went a little too deep dive into other uh, podcasts but you know I'm a big podcast fan too so it's kind of nice to talk to someone that actually listens to a lot of the same uh, episodes that you know, yeah. we, that I listen to uh, which is I think one of the first for our guests. But any event, okay, so we're going to switch gears and we're going to talk about our business and real estate. Yep. Now, a long year in 2023, a lot has happened. Yep. Where we have winners and losers. We have thousands of players that play a different part in real estate, not just yep. real estate brokers. We're talking developers, architects, people that work at the DMV or GCs, managing agents, management yep. companies, yep. Uh, and so forth. So you know, what I wanted to start off with, in, in your view, who was the biggest winner in real estate in 2023 and why? Um, anybody that understood that you don't fight the fed when the fate is fed is moving rates like and so so who did who who didn't fight the fed uh anybody who shorted commercial real estate (laughs) (laughs) um anybody who uh didn't get in the crazy multifamily game of when hey look rates are in 2021 x and we're going to build apartment buildings in austin texas they're going to be delivered in three years and rents are now falling, mm-hmm. right? Like they didn't jump on that train. So anybody who did not do that, and and I don't know all the specifics of that. I think it's still waiting to see um, who wins and who doesn't. But I, I do think those that um, that uh, did, did that and then those that, that took risks and bought, um, you know, land in, in core areas where in two years when they build something, they're going to get stupid numbers like over the... Ch- but they took the risk, right? And they said, hey, look, I'm going to hold this. I have cash. This is what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Okay. Yeah. The, so I think it, what you what you're telling me is that it's a good example of people that are actually these are probably the biggest losers also at 2023 are people that did exactly that who got a five one arm in 2021 and bought a multifamily property maybe in New York City through Sovereign Bank with three or you know 35 to 40 percent of them being stabilized units. Correct. And the five one arm is expiring now or yeah. about to expire. And, right. You know the floating rate is going to jump up to you know three or four x whatever they have. So yeah. those would be the main risk that didn't do that in your eyes are the winners. Yeah. And that also like now are kind of looking at it like, oh, wow, this is the time that I buy eight, eight plus locations, it's whatever doesn't matter the building, but I'm going to be able to at least keep rents high because people will still always pay for location. That's right. That's right. Okay. So, good. Um, high cap rates and good locations. Yeah. And even if it's a low cap rate, you're, you're still going to, because the other thing is like, if you're not thinking about like cap rates mm-hmm. in terms of generating cash flow or whatever. You're thinking about it as value increasing, right? And so value increases for quarter locations when nothing is being built. Mm-hmm. And if you look at it like New York City, like, there's no cranes in the sky outside of like JP Morgan. Yeah, it's not much. Yeah, a couple <laughs> you know, of Midtown, but that's, that, 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 that's yeah. it. You know, Gary Barnett on 66 or whatever, and then she's fit, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then and you have JP Morgan. Of course, JP Morgan is building in the middle of, you know, a crisis, right? So, <laughs> so yeah. So, in your view, who's the biggest loser in 2023 um, in real estate? In real estate, I think it, without naming names, anybody who thought that everything was just going to keep going up and up and up mm-hmm. and who who did understand where rates are and then who didn't make cuts to their OPEX and everything else sure. when they needed to, when they saw the tide coming. Mm-hmm. Because this is the time that you train and you get strong and you learn about nuance and you really like become operationally sound. Mm-hmm. So those that aren't operationally sound, I think are going to, and it'll shake out in the next year of those that aren't. You'll see them fold. Exactly. Are we talking real estate companies or individual investors or a combination of both? Com- landlords, combination of both. Landlords, op- family operators. Combination of both. Syndication. is like, you're going to see people giving the keys back. You're going to see, um, you know, real estate companies get absorbed. You're going to see, um, you know, people that just operationally can't handle when revenues go down. And going, gosh, this this business is harder than I thought. Yep. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. We'll see what happens in 2024. Your biggest winner in business, not real estate related, in 2024. Or 2023, I'm sorry. Uh, the biggest winner in 2023, I don't know, probably Ken Griffin. Sure. Okay. They, they all just kind of seem, they're, they're market makers, though. Like, like, those guys are just, they're such big, you know, they just win. Our sellers are market makers. Well, at least that's what they think. Yeah. Yeah, I just said a lot. It's it's Citadel. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, it, uh, do you know how the, their their company functions? Like Citadel. Yeah, so they have like groups of guys that are like put together, and then they like you could be on the opposite side of the trade of a guy just down the way. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, they're in exchange for major brokerage platforms like yeah. Robinhood. Yeah, they pay for or, or Schwab. Or Schwab. Right. Yeah. yeah. So if you sell your stock, it's Citadel that's taking out the. They know on the couch, or they they know beforehand. Right. You know that millisecond beforehand. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, they can optimize their computers to do whatever their algorithm is. Yeah. So, like at the end of the day, like I don't, know, I don't know too much about it, but it seems it seems um, system is kind of in their favor. Mm-hmm. So it's not okay. Uh, but I would say that the biggest biggest losers are those that um, really kind of swung way too far one direction. And either went like two bar to ESG or all these things that kind of didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and oversupply of solar panels right now too. Look, drive down the cost. You, like you do that, but then you don't have batteries. Yeah. Like, how can you just store all this excess? Like, they should have first done the grid. Right. I mean, there's no grid in the United States. Like, you lose 40% of your electricity. Like, it's crazy. Right. So I think, like, energy independence is going to be huge. Mm-hmm. And you need batteries. You need ways of stuff is stored. You need, you know, new, new transmission methods, all of that. A new grid. Yeah. I, mean, I feel like you listen to a lot of Chamath. Seems to be a big proponent. You read, I don't know if you, if you read his... Uh, Substack? Yeah. No, I haven't. No, not as not recently, but no, no, no. Sure. No, no, he together a whole thing about the energy independence. It's like 80 pages long. It's a deck and, and you really like, okay. You know, but, but it helps you make decisions, right? Like if New York City is supposed to have like, you know, energy, like efficient buildings and no one has green roofs, no one has solar panels, you know, like the bricks are drafty, the windows are garbage, you know, like. Well, the, 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 there is a new local law coming up in the next seven years where all the uh, the pre-war buildings have to upgrade their boiler systems. Yeah, like how is that going to happen? Energy efficiency. Yeah, I think that the budget on that is going to be tough. Like, I'm on my board in my building and they were pushing for years, switch natural gas, switch natural gas. And now it's like, we don't want you to switch natural gas. You're like, dude, like. Yeah, all these years. And we luckily we didn't do it because it had a major capital expenditure. Sure. And then they would have probably made us change to something else, right? And so at the end of the day, like, like uh, it seems, it seems to me that that you just have to be nimble, and that you just have to kind of see which way things flow, and and uh, and really be able to problem solve things. And those that can, are, you know, will be the winners of twenty twenty four. Yeah, because it hasn't shaken out yet. Mm-hmm. It, it it anybody who says it has hasn't figured it out. Like, what if somebody comes in and just sells somebody a good idea, and the Saudis or some you know sovereign fund has. $20 billion to deploy, mm-hmm. right? And they come in and save someone. They could be loose right now. Completely disrupting the industry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, that, that that stuff or type of stuff happens when the chips are down because people come in and then it's like, it's like, remember when the great financial crisis, when you could have bought city stock at like two bucks? Oh, Citibank? Yeah. Like, I guess you're right. Yeah. Right. And all of a sudden, capital infusion of $17 billion, whatever comes in. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, dude, okay, you own a third of Citibank or whatever it was. Yeah. Right. Because the market cap was so low. Like, Things like that happen, but on a smaller scale, I think in 2023, that'll happen in 2024. Okay. That's it, yeah. All right. Let's see what happens. Did you have a surprise in 2023 in terms of, you know, in this, in our industry, uh, whether it's, it's, you know, the rates are this high for this long or, you know, inflation has impacted the the co-op markets so much that it stalled, basically froze up some of the co-op markets in the Upper East Side or Upper West Side. Do you have... Uh, kind of a surprise that you've experienced that you didn't think would happen in 2023? Yeah, frankly, I thought that people were smarter. Yeah. Like, especially buyers and sellers. Like, interesting. Like, you have to meet the market where the market is. Right. Right. If the market's shifting and adjusting this way, then you need to be there. Just pay enough. Yeah. It's like, if you're a buyer, though, like, time is all you got. (laughs) Like, I think the pandemic should have taught people that, but they forgot about that. Right. And then, and it's like, oh my God, I'm scared. Like, what are you scared of? Like, it's New York City, for God's sakes. Like, mm-hmm. and we have Canada to the north and Mexico to the south. Like, yeah. it's not like we have Ukraine and Poland and NATO and Russia and like, like yeah, we have Jersey. Yeah, <laughs> like come on, right? Like, like, like now is the time to buy the good stuff, right? And the sellers are like, why don't you just go and sell and get done and beat everybody to the punch and then put your money in, you know, munis and get. A five percent return, tax free. So that's really like seven days. So it's actually like seven point five percent return. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, take your money off the table and go live your life. You know, like, well, some sellers. Uh, the, I think the 
their thought process and the prices will go up soon because the rates are probably going to come down. Yeah, but right? that's that. The thing is, is like time, time is all they got now. Exactly, and the, the idea of like, like um, I know it's going to sound stupid, but like I've telling sellers this a lot lately is like when Gwyneth Paltrow and Chris Martin got divorced, they they uh, they said it's called conscious uncoupling, mm-hmm. right? Like when you go sell your property, it's like conscious uncoupling. I mean, think about that, right? Like you need to say, I'm emotionally done with this place, right? I'm done. And now it's just an asset. How do I win? Sorry. Right? Not like, oh, everybody loves my kitchen and look at how great this cabinet. Like, no. No, that's not it. Right? Like look at it, listen to the professional and have them like really tell you, right? Like this is what you need to do to sell your thing. You need to have that tough conversation with people, right? And I think that's the, that's the hardest thing is is um, having those tough conversations and then accepting it and owning it when the world's in flux and realizing that. So I think that that's 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 my biggest surprise is that people didn't realize like oh the tide's going this way if I want to win and get out and be nimble because why shouldn't I be nimble if you're a seller because you have all these opportunities everywhere right now if you have cash right do you follow the strip mall guy on twitter i don't oh you don't okay you'll love you'll love his one-liners but he he's a professional buyer of strip malls in the u.s and and uh same thing he thought he his posts are all about why aren't sellers like weren't they i thought they were smarter yeah like if if something's priced at two million last year at a five cap it's not going to sell for two million this year at a five cap it's that you you have to go up to six or seven percent or yeah for for the for buyers to take on the risk it's all about cash flow it's all about cap rates in uh, in strip malls. So, but but at the same time, on the buyer's end, right? It's like, what are you waiting for, right? Like, you have the opportunity right now to win, in a especially in New York City, like mm-hmm. in a tight market where there's only really like ten to eleven thousand trades a year, right? right? That's it. It's not a lot. That's right. Everyone thinks it's more. It's not. It's at the, and, it's at the DMV. Yeah, and it's like, all right, or maybe we'll end up at ten thousand this year. Maybe not. I don't know. But the idea is, is like they're not building anything new. The mayor wants fifty thousand new units every year for the next ten years. We're going to have like eight thousand instead, or the fifty thousand. And out of those, how many are affordable? <laughs> right, and people are still moving here, sure. right? And so, like as a buyer, how do you not realize? Sure, you know, right? Like, like this is your moment. Like take it and run and do what you need to do and feel like you won because you get time and you get to choose. And you get like crazy. What's the best trend you're seeing right now in uh, in real estate? And also follow up with that is what's the worst trend that you've been seeing in 2023? Um, I think the best trend is that people are deciding how they want to live their lives, realizing that they really have freedom, right? Work from home, maybe. Whatever it is. Like, we're lucky we're in America, man. This place is like, what are like all the wrinkles and all the problems? Was like, all the political turmoil and all the all the weird people in the comments. <laughs> Dude, you're not like, it's not like a subsistence thing. Sure. It's not like, hey, your neighbor is going to attack you with paragliders. <laughs> no, I'm serious. And attack a bunch of ravens, you know, like Seriously, right? you're in a rave and all of a sudden. You don't expect these dudes with lawnmower engines strapped on their back flying in with guns. Right. And I mean, you're at a peaceful thing at three in the morning, right? Or whatever it is. It, you know, it's like, we don't have that. Right. We have, we have, we have like, and so I think it's like people understanding that and just owning it. And like, that's what binds us together as Americans to have this ability. And as long as you don't hurt anybody, it's all right. Right. And I think the worst trend is the people that are like doom and gloom and like, who are like all negative. The loudest, to t- loudest 1% of 
it's like they're anything new about stuff any social media spectrum or uh any uh, news outlet there you know there may be maybe that one maybe the little five percent of the loudest voices and so in, in in real estate like what that translates to it's like the debbie downers and like if you say like, dude it's like not that bad mm-hmm. like just go and think about it and solve it well, you just have to ask yourself like if the world has shifted and changed like you should shift and change with it sure i mean that's as mammals that's what we're supposed to do right? that's right that's right agreed agreed okay good uh to win, i know you're a busy guy so we're gonna wrap this up soon Let's talk about next year in 2024. Give me your prediction on who will win 2024. It could be any group of people that are in the, are in our industry. And then also who will be the loser in 2024? 2024 is going to be a year where it's, it's going to move faster in terms of how people have to adapt. And if you can adapt to the landscape, and get done with whatever that project is, whatever that situation is, and that moment in time, capture it and move on, making good decisions, you're going to win. The people that won't are people that like lollygag, the people that think of everything on a surface level, don't dig deep on something, and don't understand that like the world is always going to be shifting and we're going to be in a moment of flux. And so you just have to plant your seed in the world and understand, hey, look, this is where I want to be. This is what I want to do, and think about it deeply, and then, then, and then execute on that. And and so there's gonna be there's gonna be a reckoning, I think, on, on the real estate side, because let's just say rates go down, right? Which companies are are, are set up to win? Like, if you're a multifamily person, like, do you have the cash flow and the capital to go deploy? and a good business strategy to win on all those people that are over leveraged, they're throwing the keys back to the bank and that are, you know, getting, you know, 70 cents of the dollar, right? Cause you can win and you're a good operator. You're going to win, right? If you're just thinking you're going to jump into that business and win, you're not. Um, yeah, so some lessons will be learned. Right. Similar goes to brokerages and really goes to, um, you know, like what value as a brokerage are you providing to your customers? Now let's talk about the real estate brokerage, I guess, on a U.S. scale. On a macro level, will you brokerages be on the winning side in 2024 or on the losing side? Um, I think it's going to be a tail tour. Sure. You're going to have companies that provide value to their consumers and everyone like everyone so like the population i still have every seller that i speak to when we go pitch them they still think like we work for company you guys pitch <laughs> you don't pitch i don't know but like let's see like, they still think you work for compass it's like i don't work i know like me we right? run up is this here a salary yeah staff member around here or that's like dude no that's not how this works and you so you think about it right like the reason scott and i choose to run our business through to Compass is, is the best platform for us to run our business through. And it's a B to B to C business, right? The consumers out there, they're buying and selling homes, whatever. We're running our business, right? Through the business, which is Compass, and because they have a platform. And the companies that don't provide the things to their consumers, because their consumers are the public, their consumers are the agents, right? So it's like, it's kind of like a no-brainer. Like you look around, and you're all right. Well, who's doing what? What's it, is it just a branding exercise? Is life a branding exercise? Who's investing the most in helping us operate our right. business as efficiently 100%. as possible? And, it, and it's not a, it's not a, you know, this is not a broadcast for 
for compass or anything, but it's like, or, or promotion of it. It's just like, who's thinking about that rather than a branding exercise, or if you're a public company or whatever, it's like, okay, are you run by CFOs who are accountants who are, and where are you on the life cycle of a company? Are you at the end where you're just trying to, you know, get the final pieces out for whatever pension fund owns the majority of your stocks, right? And are you going to survive, right? Are you going to be Kodak or, or, you know, are you going to be, you know, the unfold, right? So, or Apple. So it's like, um, so I think that that's, that's really going to happen in 2024 because yeah. you, the, the, the business model won't make sense for a lot of people. Right. Right. Okay. Well, I know you're not really on social media, but, but no, no, I know at the end of the day though, I, I think like the Instagram platform is great, provides a lot of value for, for a lot of things, um, because a lot of eyeballs are there. Sure. Um, but, but it's going to be interesting. Like, I, like I, you're on TikTok, right? No, I, I have an account. Danielle does more TikTok than I do. Yeah. She's not dancing on it, but well, what do you think? What do you think is going to happen with that? Um, well, there's so many problems with TikTok in the U.S. Obvious for obvious reasons that everyone talks about, but I think what the government's issue is with TikTok is there's so many American businesses that are already tied to it, and so many American um, people that work for that company. Yeah, right. So you're if you ban TikTok, then you're automatically destroying the economy that's already been built around that platform. Not just you know influencers, but we're talking like big businesses, you know the clothing industry or the car industry or whatever that's advertising in that platform gets screwed over. In the short run, it will probably hurt a lot of Americans. But in the long run, it's obviously a problem because the flywheel of, let's just say, you know, talking about the Israeli-Palestinian conflict that's going on right now, the flywheel of influencers and their formula is that let's jump onto the biggest trending topic so that I can gain the followers, so I, so I can get more money, mm-hmm. so I can make more money. And I think TikTok is toxic in that way that, um, you know, it kind of pollutes the young viewers' minds, the growing brains' minds in a sense that, you know, there obviously there's more Muslims in the world and then there's there's all this Jewish hate mm-hmm. and that becomes a good thing. It's like, hey, you can, you you are allowed to hate Jews and you are allowed to attack them and they see that and influencers support that and, uh, you know, I think that's an ads get generated around that. generated around that and it, the flywheel of hate that's generated on that platform or whether anything, it could be a flywheel of sex or a flywheel of and then people they drug they, use, they get lobbed they get lobbed that Exactly. Yeah. It's just like so. They, so that's toxic. There's the other uh, all in guys talk about. You know, well, you know, Facebook's not allowed on China. You know, why would TikTok be allowed here? And I get that argument too. But I think it's it's deeper than that. That that right there is more of a service level argument. Social media as a flywheel is harming young viewers, which is why I asked if kids are on it. No, I, uh, I think I think the idea of like people being present well, is also important. It, like people should have realized during the pandemic that, okay sure they needed to hang out with their friends and they did it through these things they posted funny things but like you know day you gotta be present yeah you know what I mean like you gotta be present and that's that's the hardest thing but I, but I, I really appreciate you thank you Mark yeah no appreciate your time